Luke chapter number 6. Everybody turn with me to Luke chapter number 6. I want to say it's good to be back in the house of the Lord this week. Good to be home. Good to be home. We were in Ohio last week and uh, sharing, preaching and sharing uh, uh, this movement, uh, disciple-making movement. And man, it was, a, it was a, a, a great deal. God bless. I think we have several people that are, 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 are going to join us in this. We have so far... Uh, uh, we have a pastor in Pennsylvania, a pastor in South Carolina, a pastor in Georgia, uh, uh, I think two, two, two in South Carolina uh, that's going to be joining us, being trained uh, uh, in learning how to make disciples that make disciples that make disciples. You say, why is that so encouraging? Because, listen, if we don't get other states involved, we're, we're not going to be able to do what we're trying to do. Amen. We're not just trying to build a church. We're not trying to build our own little kingdom. We're trying to change a nation. And the only way to change America is to change what? Americans. Americans. Amen. Amen. So with that being said, with that being said, the only way, the only way to become a disciple maker is you have to first become a disciple. I didn't say a church member. I didn't say a religious person. It's amazing to me. I, I'm, I'm talking and, I, and, and maybe we need to edit this part out. But there are so many pastors that, that want disciple makers, but they themselves don't want to become a disciple. And they want other people to do what they're not willing to do. Well, that dog ain't going to hunt. People will not do what you say do. People will do what they see you do. And all God's people say it. With that being said, how about one verse before I get in trouble with the pastors across America? Because they're watching. They're watching. You may not realize it. You may not know the influence you have in this place, but they're watching. They're watching. I know you're watching. I know you are. Verse 40, verse 40. Luke 6, verse 40, if you're there, say amen. amen. What's that second word? Okay. The disciple is not above his master, but everyone, how many of them? Everyone that is perfect shall be as his, as his master. Now, the word perfect there means completely trained, completely through. In other words, when you are at the end of your training, when you are at the end of your teaching and the time with your master, you're going to be just like your, that's the whole point, right? That's what a disciple is. And, and so a, a disciple is a teacher. If you look in your notes, you'll see that here in a moment. Uh, a disciple is a follower and they follow a specific teacher. They learn from a specific teacher to become just like their, just like their teacher, right? So that's what a disciple is. Now let's all read together in concert. Let's all read together verse 40. The disciple, let's try it together. The disciple is not above his master. But watch this. But Say this with me. Say this with me. We're going to put it in Alabama terms. When he's through with me, I'm going to be just like him. One more time. And all God's people say it. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your grace. Thank you for your goodness. Uh, 
Lord, I don't even deserve to be where I'm standing right now. And Lord, I thank you for this place. I thank you for these people. I thank you for the 21 years you've already given us, Lord. I thank you for the privilege of being in this place. Now, Lord, we spent 20 years getting to where we are. Now, we want to spend the next 20 getting where we are and out into our community making disciples. God, I praise you and I I glorify you and I exalt you for a brand new vision, a brand new fervor, Lord, a brand new excitement. Lord, I pray that your perfect will be done in this place today. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Uh, The title title of, of the message today is being a disciple But what I really wanted to do is have a different title, but in the age of snowflakes, I couldn't use it. I really wanted to put discipleship for dummies. Or, (laughs) uh, Brother Carpenter, glad to have you back, man. I'm glad you're free from the corona. Amen. Glad to have you back. Uh, No, and all joking aside, sometimes, have y'all figured out we as... Church people sometimes overcomplicate things. We sometimes we make things way more difficult than what they need to be. And so I wanted to I wanted to really really simplify what it means to be a disciple. What we need to do. Uh, my goal my goal is not to have a church full of people. My goal is to have an army of disciples. An army of disciples, and there is a difference. I'm telling you, there is a difference. There is a major difference. And part of that difference is going to be found in what your expectations were for this morning. What were your expectations? I mean, what, what made you get out of bed and take a shower and brush your teeth and put your clothes on and come and sit in this building uh, for an hour or so uh, here on this Sunday morning? Was it, was it to, uh, because you're supposed to? What, was it out of obligation? Was it because if you didn't, your wife wouldn't speak to you? Are y'all with me? Now, all those are, are reasons some of y'all are here. Is it because, is it because uh, I just needed a little pick-me-up? Uh, I, I needed, I needed a, a, feel, a time of feel good where I could, I, I could feel better because uh, it is encouraging when you come. I mean, it is uplifting when you're in the uh, world of darkness and uh, a, a world of difficulty. The Bible says because, of the, uh, uh, because wickedness abounds, the love of many shall wax cold. So it is difficult out there when you come in here. It's upbeat and people are smiling and it makes you feel a little better. But, but it, was, that, was that your expectation? Uh, I, I want to I submit to you and give you just three quick words, just three words, three simple words that I want you to really get, all right? I want you to really get. I don't want you to just look at this like uh, this is just an, another service to, where it comes in one ear and what? I, I, don't, I, don't wanna, I don't want you to do that. I asked somebody the other day, I went and this was in a Sunday evening and, and, and there were several standing outside the church uh, where I was at. And, uh, and, 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 and the guy said, man, so-and-so did a great job this morning. I said, really? I said, what did he preach on? And I didn't do it. I didn't do it to catch him off guard or trick him or anything. I want to know what he preached on. If it was good, man, I want to hear it. Amen. And he said, uh, uh, I said, that good, huh? <laughs> now we can, we can laugh at that poor fella. But how many times have we left the church house and by the time we were through with Denny's, we hadn't thought about it again. 
That's terrible. That's terrible. That's not the way this is supposed to work. Are y'all with me? Say amen. What that basically means is you just wasted your Sunday morning. You just wasted your Sunday morning. Now, let's, let's go. In your notes, in your notes, and by the way, if you're new to Temple, we put our notes on the walls uh, uh, in various spots as you come in the door. Uh, if you'd like to follow along with us, uh, I, that, that's highly encouraged. I, I do that for a reason, so that when you're through with Denny's, you don't forget it. <clears throat> if you do forget it, you can open your Bible, and there it is again. Amen? So, in this verse, it says, when he's through with us, when, when we are trained... And the word perfect doesn't mean without flaws, without issues. It means completed. It means uh, finished, matured, developed. Uh, When we are at the place, when we get to the end of the road where we're supposed to be, we're going to be just like him, just like our master, just like, I I say that, I say that just like him, uh, just like whoever we are following. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, everybody's not following Jesus. And I know everybody's not following Jesus because everybody's not acting like him. I need a witness. But if we're following Jesus, and this will help us know if we are. This will help us know if we're a disciple of Christ. Because every day that goes by, every effort we make, we become more and more and more like like him, like Christ. Does that make sense? Amen. So a disciple... A disciple is a pupil. If you look up the word, if you look up the word in Webster's Dictionary, a disciple is a a pupil, one who learns, one who is being taught, one who follows. So if everybody has that definition, uh, say amen. So does everybody get that? Everybody get that? So that means if we're all disciples in here and I want us all to be disciples, right? Then that means we're all students. We're all students, correct? So the first word, first word I want you to write uh, we're saying, what does, this, what, what does a disciple do? You remember, really overly simplified discipleship for dummies, right? A discipleship, or <laughs> discipleship, a disciple learns. A disciple learns. Say that with me. A disciple learns. So you came this morning, if you are a disciple, or if you have aspirations of being a disciple, then your expectation this morning was to come and learn. learn. Come and learn. Come learn something you didn't know before. Come learn something about Christ. Come learn something about he wants for you. Come learn his commands. Come learn his, his warnings. Come, come learn his attitude. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Come learn the way he thought. Come learn the way he behaved. Are y'all with me? Because he's our teacher. He's our master. When he's through with us, we want to be just like him, correct? So he's, we, 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 our, our expectation is to learn. Now, watch this. That, this, this, is, this. I want you to write A underneath this. Write the word education. Write the word education. Write that in your notes. <clears throat> A disciple learns. This is education. Now, I want you to look at the, the 1 Thessalonians 2.13. It's not in your notes because I didn't have room to put it in yours, but I got it in mine. We should have it up here if, if you, I think they sent it to you. Okay. All right. Now watch this. Watch this. When, the, when the, 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 the believers of Thessalonica, when they gathered together like you're gathered right now, all right? When, when they gathered together like you're gathered right now to, to hear from, watch this right here. For this cause, also thank we God without ceasing because. Paul is saying, I am so thankful to God because... When ye receive the word of God, which ye heard of 
us. Now, in other words, when Paul and them came and taught the word. Y'all with me? Just like I'm doing to you right now. I'm teaching you the word right now. Does that make sense? Watch how they took it. Ye, what's that word? Come on, everybody. Ye, not as the word of, but as it is in truth, the, wow. In other words, they didn't look at it as if Paul was speaking. They looked at it as if, now let's be honest. Let's be honest. How many of you came this morning with the expectation of God talking to you? Did you come to hear a sermonette? Did you come, did you come to get your worship on? Man, I see so much stuff posted on social media, it makes me sick. How haphazardly and lighthearted and how they don't take this seriously. But how many of us got out of bed and said, God's fixing to talk to me? That's the way it's supposed to be. Now, if I am giving you his word, he's talking. This is, this is, not, this is not the Wall Street Journal. This is not the Washington Post. This is not Time Magazine. This is not Newsweek. Honey, this is not fake news. This is the truth. This is his word. This is God's mind on paper. This is what God wants you to know. So what does the disciple do? He goes to his word. He goes to God's word and he learns. He learns. Look what it says in Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Watch this now. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. You think he thought it was important to learn God's word? Now why is this important? Because he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water and bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. In other words, the person that thinks it's important to learn God's word, he shall prosper. Now, how many of y'all want to be prosperous? I don't know anybody that woke up and said, man, I hope I'm a loser today. Right? Now, watch this. See how this is connected. Watch what it says. Watch what it says. It says in Deuteronomy 17, and he's speaking to kings. He's telling the nation of Israel, when you go into the promised land, and if you set up a king, this is what the king needs to do. And it shall be when he sitteth upon the throne of his kingdom, that he shall write him a copy of this law in a book, out of that which was before the priest of Levi. In other words, he needs to get the word of God. He needs to get a copy of the word of God. And it shall be with him, and he shall... Come on, he shall read therein all the days of his life that he may what? That he may what? Learn to fear the Lord his God, to keep all the words of this law and these statutes to do them. That his heart be not lifted up above his brethren and that he turn not aside from the commandment to the right hand or to the left to the end that he may, watch this, prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. 
What is he telling the king to do? King, if you want to last a long time, if you want to be prosperous, if you want to be successful, you better learn my word. My people are destroyed for a lack of... Hello. What was one of the main instructions that Paul gave Timothy? Till I come, give attendance to reading. Reading. Reading what? God's word. To exhortation, to doctrine. Doctrine is a teaching of God's word. Read it, encourage the people, and teach them God's word. So, your expectation for today, if you want to be a disciple, just out of, just out of curiosity survey, who wants to be a disciple today? Oh, God, help me, people. <laughs> At least lie to me, okay? <laughs> who wants to be a disciple? Okay, then that means every time you come on Sunday morning, watch this now, look in your notes. What does it say over to the side? A disciple learns, say it again, what God says, what God says. So this is, this is what? What God says. This is what, and I'm, I'm saying this for a reason, because when we get to the point number two, I'm going to kind of drive it home and you're going to get what I'm talking about. Anybody, anybody can look at this and see, come on everybody, what God says. You can be a lost person and look here and see, you can, you can not even be looking for anything and look in here and see, this is, right, right. Now, here's where this is the disconnect. This is the major, major problem in the majority of churches all across America, not just churches, but every single Christian. We have, the, we have a major disconnect in the second one. You see, a disciple learns. Say that with me. A disciple, then B, B, or number two, a disciple lives. A disciple lives. Preacher, what are you saying? He lives what he has learned. That is where the rubber meets the road. That is what is not happening today. That is why you can have people come in here and sing, Oh, how I love Jesus, hear a great sermon, and go out and still shack up with somebody out of wedlock. That's how they can come and go steal from their employer at work. That's how they can come and sing, oh, how I love Jesus, and go out and have road rage and give them the California high sign, almost still in the church parking lot. The other day, the other day, I got a testimony from somebody who was coming from West Point and, and they didn't move fast enough. Somebody beeping, raising cane, raising, I mean, just all but run them off the road. And they took, went on, guess they was late. And they followed them up and guess where they turned into? You could be in the building. Now, before you jump on that one person, how many of the rest of us could be that one? Maybe not at West Point. It might have been a Holly Pond. <laughs> Hello. It's because we've separated the spiritual from the secular. 
We think we have our Sunday person, but then when we're out, we're off the clock. And we don't have to live what we just learned. That's how you can come in here and, 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 and learn that God says to forgive those who, who've done you wrong. And then you can still come to church every week seeing how, how you love Jesus and amazing grace. And I surrender all and have a grudge against your neighbor for 20 years. You're learning, but you ain't living. Well, guess what? You're not a disciple. Hello. See how quiet it is now? We got so many people in so many churches wasting their time every Sunday because they've not put these two together. Because church has become more of a motivational experience, not a life-changing transformation. Why do you think the church in America is dying right now? Why do you think there's no power in services right now? Why do you think sinners are not just coming by the droves and falling in the altar under conviction because of what they see in saints? There's no difference. The divorce rate, the divorce rate is almost identical with the saved as it is the lost. Guys, there's an epidemic of pornography, not just with guys. Women are, it's almost as bad with women today, and it's the same, almost the same numbers in the loss as it is to save. Something's wrong. I'll tell you what's wrong. We've disconnected point one and point two. We have stopped believing that I'm supposed to do this stuff I've been learning Oh, preacher, that was a good sermon, man. I tell you what, that was good. And you're thinking of 10 other people that need what you just walked out without. Watch this. Y'all ready for this? It's going to get worse, so y'all might as well loosen up just a little bit. Pull your collar out, whatever you got to do. Here's Here's how we need to do. Okay. This is what. Come on. Now watch, this is, this is where we have to, there's, here's where we have to, this is what makes it work. Point two is what is God saying to you? You didn't come for him to speak to the one three rows in front of you. You came for him to speak to you. You see, God is speaking. Every time this book is open, he's speaking. Every time we read the scriptures and the pages of this word, he's speaking. But he wants you to know that he wants to speak to you. Let me give you an illustration. Let me give you an illustration. When we read, uh, forgiveness is such an easy topic to talk about because most of us have an issue with that. So let's just use that. The scriptures say, we can read the scripture, forgive. Forgive. How many of y'all believe that God says to forgive? Would y'all agree it's in there? Right? It's in there. There ain't no question about it. It's in there. And he's serious about it. I mean, he gave a story how angry he got at somebody who he had forgiven a great debt. And then he went out and did not forgive somebody else. And God had an attitude about it. 
He was serious about this forgiveness stuff. So when God speaks, when God speaks, I'm going somewhere. Stay with me now. Don't check out. I got 27 minutes on the clock. I'm early. All right. This is important, guys. This is what we're missing. When God speaks, he says, go forgive. Right? Now, here's what we're not doing. God, who do you want me to forgive? You see, when we open the book, God will speak without a doubt, without question. But he wants to speak to you. You see, as a disciple, I learn, watch this, this is great. I learn not just what God is saying, but what God is saying to In other words, when I'm sitting here, this is what's happening to some of y'all right now. Let's say it's forgiveness. The preacher preaches on forgiveness. God is saying to forgive in, in your heart and in your mind. God is saying, you better go forgive Julio for cutting your flowers down. You better go forgive Uncle Joe for what he said to you four Christmases ago. What happened? God didn't just speak. He just spoke to And how many times have we come into the church house and God spoke? Not only did he speak, he spoke to you and you didn't go do what he told you to do. You're not a disciple because you're learning. You're a disciple because you're living it. You see, this is one of the most important things we do in our micro churches, in our disciples making disciples, training sure enough disciples, is we let God speak to us. We let God speak to us through his word. That's hearing him speak. But then at the end, we say, okay, we heard what he said. What did he say to you? And that's when we will share our I wills. Y'all remember the example I gave with with me and my wife, the very first one that they were teaching us how to do this. The, The verse said, encourage, exhort one another, exhort one another. So God was saying, encourage. But boy, God was saying to me, you need to encourage Tammy. So if in order to be a disciple, I had to be obedient and submissive to what, not just what God was saying, but what God was saying to. I could have went out and encouraged the person at McDonald's and said, man, I hope you get good customers from here on out. Would I have been obedient? No. You know why it's so quiet this morning? Because we all know we have horribly dropped the ball right here. I mean, honestly, think about it. When's the last time, when's the last time you left church and tried to accomplish what you just learned? When's the last time you were so in tune with the Holy Spirit that you knew exactly what He was telling you when He was speaking? How far away of where we need to be? We wonder why we're not making disciples. Because we're not disciples. You see, a disciple followed Jesus to learn. Say it with me. He followed Jesus to 
And then you know what Jesus expected them to do? Now I want you to go and live it. I want you to go and live it. When I tell you about being kind, I want you to go be kind. When I tell you about being forgiven, I want you to go forgive. When I, when I tell you about, about sharing the gospel, I want you to go. But see, what will happen is I'll preach on sharing the gospel and God will put a name in your head. God will put a, are y'all with me? I'm probably spending way too much time on this, but I, I, I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling this is where the disconnect is. When's the last time you had an I will? After the preaching, in the invitation, every single person in this room should have an I will. Let me say that again. After the preaching, during the invitation, everybody thinks this invitation stuff just for sinners to come to the altar and get saved. No, it's for disciples to commit to do what they just learned. During every single invitation, you should already have an I will because you were sitting there expecting God to talk to you and God talked to you about helping your neighbor with such and such. God talked to you about spending more time in prayer. God talked to you about reading your Bible more than you are now. God talked to you. Are y'all with me? And every single invitation, you should have an I will. Because of what I learned today, this week, I will go share my story with my barber. That was one of mine. And this is what makes real disciples. When I come back to the rest of the group and they say, Preacher, did you share your story with your barber? What do we call that? Accountability. Accountability. You know why there's not many disciples being made? Because there's not many people willing to be accountable. That one word, that one word has stopped a ton of people from becoming what God expects them to be. But yet that one word has helped a ton of people to get to be the Christians God expects them to be. All right, preacher, from now on, we're going to have somebody at the door checking our wheels. Do you know how thin, you think Corona thinned us out. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Application. God doesn't want you to just learn it. He wants you to live it. Come on, everybody. He doesn't want you to just learn it. He wants you to watch what he told Joshua. Joshua 1.7, Joshua's fixing to take over. He's, he's Moses' assistant. They're going into the promised land. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to... Oh! That thou mayest observe to... According to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest what? Prosper. Prosper. This book of the law shall not... That's talking about God's word, guys. That's, that's God's word. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate. That means think about it. Think about it. Therein day and night, why are you meditating on it? Thou, thou mayest observe to... God is saying, because I want you to do it. I want you to read it. I want you to meditate on it so you can go and do it. According to all that is written therein. Watch this. For then... For then thou shalt make thy way. 
And then thou shalt have good. Now, come on, guys. Is that not enough? God is promising you, if you will learn it and live it, you'll be prosperous and have good success. How many books are on the shelves at Books A Million trying to tell you how to be successful when all you need is one? You want to have a successful marriage? It's in there. You want to have a successful ministry? It's in there. You want to have a successful career? It's in there. Somebody say amen. Amen. It'll work if you work it. But it won't work on the shelf. Church, say amen. Now watch this. We're talking about personal, right? Not just what God is saying. This is going to be really cool. When y'all see this, you're going to say, oh! <clears throat> Practice. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Some of y'all are a little off pitch, but it's okay. Jalen will work with you with that problem. Watch this. Watch it. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. When you see this, when you see this, You see, God won't just speak. He'll speak to. Watch, watch, watch what this verse says. Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is quick. The word quick there doesn't mean fast. It means alive. Like the quick of your fingernail. If you clip into the quick, what's going to happen? Why? Because that's living tissue. That's what it means quick. It means alive, right? The word of God is alive, it's powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the divider asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. And watch this now. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. In other words, before you walked into this building, God knew what you were thinking and God knew what your motives were. For everything. Watch, it gets worse or better, however you want to look at it. Neither, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his. But all things are naked and opened under the eyes of him with whom we have to do. You know what that means? Before you ever entered the building, the word of God has the power to see right through you. You see, the Holy Spirit in the word knows if you have all in your heart. The Holy Spirit in the word knows if you have unforgiveness in your heart. The Holy Spirit knows if you have laziness and you need to get busy. Every single person in here, he's already seen your thoughts. He already knows your motives. He knows exactly. He doesn't just know what's good. He knows what's good for you. You can't hide nothing from him. So when you got out of bed, you need to expect God to know exactly what you need to hear today. Because you can't hide it. You can hide it from the preacher, but you can't hide it from the word. So the next time I get right down on your street and pull in your driveway and park in your garage, it wasn't me, it was him. 
Your wife didn't tell me. I didn't bug your house. I haven't been spying on you. No, there's an all-seeing eye in every thought, every act, every situation, every behavior in your life. He knows. And if you belong to him, he'll call you on it. You see, Don't be surprised when you've been stupid this week and he gets on to you about it on Sunday. Man, it's quiet in here, ain't it? Yeah. This ain't a motivational seminar. God wants to change us. And if we're not being changed, you're wasting your time. I mean, honestly, why are you here? Now, I don't want you to not be here because I like people in the pews. But I don't like people who's been coming for two or three or 20 years that's the same as they was when they started. When we're perfect, complete, finished, we're going to be just like him. Does this make sense, everybody? All right, number three. Number three, got four minutes and 19 seconds. What was number one? (laughs) Number one, a disciple learns so he can go out and live it. I got to do it. I got to do it. I got to do what I'm learning. I got to come. With pen and paper in hand and saying, okay, God, watch this now. Watch this now. Don't don't say God speak. Say God speak to me. You know what will happen if you do that? You won't have time thinking of all the people that needs to hear this sermon this morning. You won't have time when the preacher's preaching on modesty, to think of 12 ladies in the church whose skirt ain't long enough. Because you'll be too busy listening for what he's telling you. And by the way, don't worry about them. God can take care of them. Mow your own grass. Some of y'all's grass is this high because you're always worried about what somebody else's grass is like. How many of y'all know you got your own grass? Well, if you don't, you do. Amen? Anyway, I don't know where that comes from. That's free. I'm not going to charge you nothing for that. So, a true disciple comes with the expectation to, so he can go out and live what he, amen? You see, discipleship is obedience-based. Not curriculum based. Most of the questions I get about DMD. How long is this course going to last? Well, till Jesus comes. I know what they're saying. How many chapters is in it? eh? But that's the problem. Because tons of people went through the continue book. Tons of people went through the continue book. And their goal was to finish the book. And the majority of us did. And when we finished the book, woo! How many of y'all know, how many of y'all know sharing your faith and winning somebody to Christ was in that book? How many of y'all know that? Raise your hand. You knew that was in that book. 
I wonder how many people actually did it. Why celebrate learning it if we're not going <laughs> to? Yes, preacher. Now, a disciple, he, what's the first one? He, then he, and then he leads. Then he leads. You see, until you're leading someone else to do what you're doing, you're not a true disciple. Not according to scripture. You see, a disciple is one who follows Jesus and leads others to do the same. Okay, say that with me. A disciple is one who and leads others to do the same. Right? Now watch this. Here's what I want to give you. This is so good. Oh, 51 seconds. Y'all listen fast. This is proclamation. All right? In the first point, a disciple learns. That's education. A disciple lives. That's application. You apply what you're learning. Say that with me. That is Application, say it again, that is. And then the third is proclamation. We lead others to do the same. First, we lead our children. The very first disciples we should make is our children. If you win the world and lose your children, you failed. If you teach your children how to throw a football and not who Jesus is, you failed. Let me say this. Let me get any even simpler. Some of y'all may not like sports. If you teach your children how to brush their teeth and don't teach them how to know Jesus, you failed. I don't care how white their teeth are. I don't care how straight their teeth are. I would rather them gum it and go to heaven than die and go to hell with every tooth in their head. Preacher, what are you getting at? The most important thing you can do with your children is let them, teach them, lead them to know who Jesus is. The Bible says in Psalm 78, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. Watch this. We will not hide them from their showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. For he established, this is a command, he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their Why? That the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their That they, watch this, that they may set their hope in God. How many children and grandchildren today, their hope is in the government? They're freaking out over this election coming up because their hope is not set in God. Do you realize it doesn't matter who's elected, God's still God. He's still on the throne. He's still in charge. He's not going to let anybody in there that he don't want in there. Whoever's going to get in there, he let them be in there. And he's still God. And our first disciples should be our children. Now, do you remember what I said? You can't, you can't make a disciple till you are a. Because a disciple leads by. Hello. Anyway, I, I'm out of time, but let's hurry. It starts with our children. Then we move to our family. Our family. 
We are to make disciples out of our family. We are to lead our family to make our, our family to be disciples. John 1.40, one of them which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. So what did Andrew do? He first findeth his own what? Brother Simon and said, we have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted to Christ. Watch this now. And he brought him to, I love this. Let me put 41 and 42 together. First couple uh, uh, words. He first findeth his own brother and he brought him to Jesus. Preacher, what are you saying? The first disciples you need to make and lead to follow Jesus is your children. But then you need to go to your family. Then our friends. Thirdly, our friends. And I'm going fast. I wish I had time to delve into this, but you get it. Our friends, Mark 5, verse 18. And when he was come nigh to the ship, this was just after Jesus healed the demoniac. Y'all remember the demoniac of Gadare, the one who had uh, 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 tons of demons. He said, my name is Legion, for we are many cast the demons out. Y'all remember? Chained. He was running around in the, in the tombs naked, cutting himself. All right. It says, when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he would, might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, go home to thy and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. When's the last time you sat your friend down and told them why you have hope? When's the last time you called your friend? And if your friend, you love them. Because the Bible says a friend loveth at all times. When's the last time you called your lost friend, sat them down over coffee, and said, let me tell you what Jesus has done for me? Okay, think about it. This might be your I will this week. Yeah, amen. So we're to reach our, what's the first one? Our, our children, then our and then our, and then everyone else. Mark six fifteen, He said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to? Matthew 28, 19, Go ye therefore and teach? Acts 1, 8, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witness unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and unto thee. Would you agree with me that those three uh, sets of verses teach us that we're supposed to reach everyone else? Now look at me before you start closing up shop and zipping up stuff. Honestly tell me. Will you join me today? We can't expect a movement in America before the movement starts here. Will you join me today? And say, I'm going to start living what I'm learning. And I'm going to find somebody to do the same. Then you can say, I'm a disciple of Christ. See, right now, God's already spoke to some of you guys. All of you. What's your I will going to be today? Because of what you learned today... What does he want you to accomplish or do this week because of what you learned? Now, I'm not going to stand at the door and hold you accountable. You can't get in until you tell me if you did what you were supposed to do. But I promise you this, don't claim to be a disciple if you're not willing to do that. 